right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining in on Virginia United podcast. I've got a guest speaker today, Gina, who goes by Deep Dive Life on Instagram. Gina, if you would like to introduce yourself, um, that would be great. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Gina. I have Deep Dive Life on Instagram. It's underscore Deep Dive Life underscore. I'm a stay-at-home homeschooling Navy wife and mom. Um, yeah, that's a basically sums it all up in one little package. There you go. And and, and you also, not to brag, but you have over a hundred thousand followers too, correct? I do. Yeah. So so you're doing something right. I'm assuming. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, <laughs> mainstream would say I'm all wrong, but <laughs> I yeah, think, I think we've got something going. Yeah, I would. I would agree. If you if you max out, you know, if you're over ten thousand followers, to, in my opinion, you're you're doing something right. Um, obviously, I don't know if you've been shadow banned ever or censored ever on Instagram. Absolutely. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah, it, it happens to me quite regularly, so I'm just used to not having a ton of followers on Instagram. Uh, but that's just the way it is sometimes. So right. some of the things that we're going to talk about today, obviously, you know, you are, uh, if I remember correctly, you homeschool, correct? I do. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so do I. So, you know, obviously we, we advocate for, for homeschooling. I actually have a, a guest speaker. Um, one of my, my friends that's out in San Francisco coming on at the end of this month, uh, who is a pretty big social media influencer as well. And uh, he's also a teacher, high school teacher, and he's going to be introducing uh, a homeschool curriculum that he's working on. And uh, I'm really excited about that. So I think that's going to be great when, when he comes on the podcast. But that aside, um, you know, one of the things that I wanted to touch on, obviously, was, you know, the advantages of homeschooling over sending, you know, our children to public schools, because obviously the public schools uh, they don't have our, our best interests uh, at heart anymore. Uh, it seems to be that most of the public schools now, you know, specifically here in Virginia, we've got VDOE, uh, that they want to promulgate specific ideologues to our children rather than teach them curriculum-based, uh, you know, topics. And so, uh, consequentially, that puts us in a bad situation in which we need to, as parents, protect our children best we can. And it, 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 it limits us to either, you know, private school or uh, homeschooling. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, even with private schools and charter schools, some of these schools are still promulgating for this ideology that is damaging to our malleable children. Uh, and it goes directly uh, against our core value systems. Um, what are your thoughts on that as far as how the public schools have interacted with the children? And, and do you think that this is something that's been going on for quite some time and we've just started waking up to it? Or do you think this is something that just happened over the last few years? Um, I'm going to go ahead with the, it's been since the dawn of the Department of Education. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's been just a, a slow creep so that people aren't as aware of it. But in the last couple of years, it's just avalanched, I guess, is where I stand with that. Um, just looking back at even just my education and everything that I went through um, in the public school system and seeing where we are now, I can see where it's where it was when we were kids. Um, it wasn't as blatant, I would not say, but it, it was like a steady rot. Mm. Um, 
and now I would just say it's absolutely fetid and it's very, very um, blatant these days. Um, but, you know, the Department of Education doesn't want a nation of thinkers. They want a nation of workers. The Department of Education wasn't put in place to educate anyone. It was just to give them the knowledge that they wanted them to have so that they thought that they were getting something out of it and just turn them into good, obedient slaves basically to the system and I know that I kind of have like a radical stance on that but I think if people actually spent more time looking at where it came from and why it was put into place and then what those people who created it had to say um, about children they would see that entire public school system in a different light. Mm. And do you think that that part of this is impartial to uh, the destruction of the nuclear family and, and also with a, a larger agenda potentially to just eradicate a middle class perspective within our, our culture? I think that's a fair, a fair um, way to look at it. Um, I know that just, you know, having the public school system in and of itself sort of takes away um, parental authority in a lot of things. So when you start taking away parental authority, that kind of breaks down the system there too, because, you know, they're, we don't answer to them. They should be answering to us. But I know that it's not always that way. And then people are also too dependent upon them. And it's, it's a system that's been made for dependency. It just, it's not even just with the education, it all ties together. And I think that's where we lose people a lot of the time is they're not realizing that the reason why, you know, parents need the school system is because they're forcing both parents to work at this point, instead of having a mom in the home to raise and um, teach their children and having a dad available. Why is it that not even that long ago, an entire family could survive with just dad working. And he had, he only worked in the middle, like Monday to Friday. Mm. Now most people need multiple jobs and to be out of the home and multiple parents working. It's, I think it's all connected with that. I know I'm like probably sounding like that crazy tinfoil hat lady, but I just, the more time you spend looking at it, it's just everything kind of points to taking away parents and children and that bond. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I don't think you sound like a conspiracy theorist. I think you, you more realistically sound like someone who utilizes common sense and some critical thinking. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've noticed that, has occurred and, and this this started in the public schools back in the late 90s uh, when standards of learning or the SOL testing became uh, a precedent uh, or a litmus test to you know to the public schools for children to basically test on topics that literally at that point in time had nothing to do with what they were learning curriculum based and it seemed that at that moment more ideological teaching started to take a precedent uh, in curriculum versus actual curriculum, such as, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic and things so forth. Um, but it seems to progressively moved radically more towards ideologue than actual curriculum over the past, you know, even, even couple of decades. Uh, and, and what I've seen, um, I think in 2020 specifically, when the children, you know, started taking classes at home, a lot of the parents were very complacent because we were living relatively comfortably. 
And I think when you're living in comfort for a specific amount of time, you start to become desensitized and you start to miss things. And I think what happened was a lot of parents started seeing what actually was being taught in the schools and that woke up a lot of parents. And this is obviously, you know, a new thing. Um, but I do think that you, I do agree with you. I think that this is something that systemically has been occurring for decades. And the, the whole draw of this or the whole point of this is to, again, potentially destroy the nuclear family or break down the nuclear family and then lead to uh, the eradication of having a middle class because you're seeing more and more people uh, specifically uh, that are on the lower end of the income spectrum that are relying more and more on the government now. And when you rely more on the government, um, and whether that be due to broken homes or whatever it is, but the, the disparity there allows these individuals to, again, give the government the power or more power by re constantly relying on them. And I think indirectly this has something to do with the school systems too. I mean, obviously to segue into that, but it is concerning. Um, what do you recommend? I mean, do you, as, as a parent, you know, we're both, we're both parents, we're both homeschooling. What would you recommend to just the, the average single mother who can't afford to send their kid to private school and potentially doesn't have the time to homeschool, uh, you know, their children to, to, to mitigate some of these issues? Um, so I actually have a wonderful friend who is a single mom who homeschools and she made it work for her. And so I, I don't like when people come to me and tell me that like, Oh, I couldn't do it because of this, that, or the other. Well, you could, because that's the beauty of homeschool is because it's ultimate freedom, ultimate flexibility. Right. I think people have it in their mind that they have to somehow recreate um, public schooling and they just don't, they don't see the broad perspective of it, that it's completely customizable. And the fact that kids don't take uh, all day to school at all. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, my kids get done with math in about 30 minutes a day. Like, and that's max for my son. He's very, um, he's very quick when it comes to math. So I think that people just automatically think that homeschooling takes a lot of sitting down and just being stuck, sitting there doing school when that's really not the case. Um, and that you can do homeschool any time of the day. And you also can get free curriculum. You don't even need curriculum to homeschool, actually. Um, and I think that people kind of get caught up in the details a little bit too much and then give themselves a lot of, oh, I can't instead of, well, I could make this work for me. Um, and that's, that's something I, I feel pretty strongly about with homeschooling is just trying to help other people see that there's, there's no way that you have to do it. Like this is completely tailored and customizable to you and your child. And there's so many resources as well. Um, so I guess for like the single mom, that's kind of on the fence and she's not sure what to do, I would really encourage her to reach out to um, local homeschool moms in her area or even just find like a supportive group and just start looking into it. Um, I think a lot of people just get it into their heads that it's supposed to look one way. And I've recently started discovering more ways to homeschool and that there's like people have different ways of doing it. Um, like 
I had no idea what Waldorf was. I had no idea what Charlotte Mason was. Like, I didn't know what those types of things were until I looked into them. And so here's the thing that a lot of people I think also don't do is that mom, she probably spent time looking at what type of car seat she wanted, right? She wanted one that worked best for her and her baby that fit best in her car. So she did the research on it. Well, that's the same thing that you would have to do with homeschooling as well. We're more eclectic and I like it that way. My kids also learn very differently. Um, My son is very academic and very quick. Whereas my daughter, it takes us more, um, more time. We've had to go through different ways of learning to find what fit her best. And so that was pretty eye-opening for me too, is that I didn't have to shovel them into the same box and put them down the same funnel for schooling because I had the ability to see what worked best and help them. Um, so I just, I, I'm kind of on a bunny trail with all of that. It all ties together, but um, just, I really encourage people to do the deeper dive on it because if you just look at homeschooling and think, oh, I'm just going to buy this one curriculum and it's going to work, you're, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. I wouldn't buy curriculum until you really understand what each style and curriculum offer. And then I would look at your child and see what is it that sparks them. My son loves to read. He will sit down and he will devour a book in a day. My daughter looks at a book and she goes, yuck, I want to go run outside and play. (laughs) So it was one of those things where like my son, he'll sit down and he's done with school in two hours, like done all of it. Got it knocked out. My daughter, she sits down and it can take us about three hours um, with her. Uh, Sometimes on a bad day, it can take us four hours. And that's like breaking it up because sometimes I need to give her like a, hey, go run outside because she's just really that kid that wants to go run and play. And it's it that's but that's also the beauty of it is people want to talk about, oh, well, then they don't learn any discipline. Well, why isn't she, she wouldn't learn anything if I didn't let her go run and she wouldn't, she, I would kill her love of learning if I didn't let her go get those wiggles out. And when you're in school, all those kids are told that they're bad because they have these wiggles. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to learn anything. They're not going to retain anything and they're not going to want to learn if they have this wiggle in them that they got to get out. Yeah. I, and I think, I think that's something you, you put, you, you kind of, bring out a a topic that has been on my mind for quite some time, specifically for young children to be placed in a seat six to eight hours a day and be expected to just sit there. And uh, again, I understand they're malleable and they're like little sponges, but to absorb everything without any type of, of, you know, breakdown of, 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 of just, Aside from setting from setting aside lunch and from setting aside, you know, he, but to just be expected to absorb everything and then basically that's it. They're they're that's that's all that's expected of them to me is a problem. But also when they can't do that, you have seen teachers and unfortunately medical individuals have gotten in, involved in this as well. And they're just basically saying, well, your kid has ADHD or you know ADD or whatever it may be. Now let's medicate your kids. And so we're seeing more kids that are heavily medicated that potentially don't need that type of, of medication. They just need a different form of education. And, and one yes. of those, one of those platforms that I've looked into is a Montessori education. Uh, and, and I'm sure you're familiar with, with Montessori as well. Um, yes. 
but it but it's very interesting because we all have different you know learning capabilities some of us are visual some of us are audio some of us are touch you know so these are different things that i feel that schools publicly have really failed to recognize in these children unless they're special needs children and then they're going to special needs you know schools but i think the 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 Department of Education as a whole has basically said, okay, these are the people that we're going to filter out and, and they're going to literally be uh, at a disadvantage for the rest of their lives because of this. When in reality, they actually have the ability to succeed and to progress and, and acclimate into society normally, but they are being hindered because of you know being, again, heavily medicated or whatever it may be. And that's highly problematic as well. Um, but as far as the homeschooling aspect is concerned, you know, two years ago, that wasn't even a thought in, in this household at all. We were just like, we're going to send our children to private school. We'll have to vet the private schools first and foremost to make sure that their core values align with us. And then we're going to have to, out of pocket, figure out a way how to pay for you know tuition for, for both of our children. And then I found an individual that I hadn't seen in, in quite some time who actually homeschools their kids. And, uh, and, and she told me that, um, it only takes about two hours a day. And at that point I was just like, well, how is that possible? And she used to be a, a public school teacher herself. And so I was just like, you know, this is a, this is very interesting, uh, because I thought that again, the way I was reared was you're in school six to eight hours a day. And, and that's just mm-hmm. kind of how it is. Um, and so the more I, I kind of delved and dived into everything, uh, I realized that, you know, potentially you could you could homeschool your children effectively in under two hours um, and they're still going to be successful. And in some instances, actually many instances, they're actually going to be above and beyond, you know, the required level of expectations when they're testing, you know, for the states. And, and our one of our children's kind of the same scenario as you. We've got a younger one that is more active, wants to play outside all the time. Then we've got an older one who's a little bit more of a bookworm and, and she can, you know, sit down and, and read a book. Um, different different learning uh, styles and obviously different teaching is, is applied to, to the children, but it's concerning that the public school systems aren't seeing this. And instead they're now uh, trying to promulgate again, you know, ideologues and, and they're just pummeling these children with their own personal ideology. And, and that I think is really destructive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's destroying our, our, our culture, unfortunately. Um, so in, in saying that, do you see any hope in the future of change occurring in the public school systems in which parents can feel safe again to send their kids? Uh, honestly, I, at this point in time, I would say no. Yeah. Uh, because not enough parents are actually coming together as a whole to like push back is what mm-hmm. I would um, there's been a mass exodus for homeschooling, which I think is wonderful and getting back to our roots and that. Um, but the people who think that they're just going to somehow change something, they're not, I, I don't, I don't know that I've seen any particular school district, like have families that actually decided, Hey, we're taking our kids out until you make a difference. Like, and I think that's one of the only ways they could do it is they're not going to get funding if they don't have kids. Right. I, I think that has to do with community too, the lack of community. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that too, because 
I, this is interesting. I was just talking with some people before. Most people don't know their neighbors anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a huge thing is you don't know your neighbors. So, you know, that used to be massive. Everybody knew the neighbors. Everybody knew, you know, what was going on in their neighborhood, that where kids were. But like we've all, I feel like COVID has pushed everyone indoors even more so now than anything. And so neighbors don't know each other. So they don't, they don't band together. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and not to go to, you know, not to segue and go way, way off track, which unfortunately I tend to do, but a lot of that also has to do as far as the community uh, building uh, aspect, a lot of that has to, to play into uh, technology as well. And the implementation of technology um, just, just over the past, you know, couple of decades, actually. I mean, you know, we had social media platforms which were supposed to bring us together, which in theory that made sense, but it hasn't. It is, it's actually made more and more people become distant with each other because there's no accountability. You know, you, you essentially can, you know, social media to me is just an avatar as to what we want other people to see. It doesn't really mm-hmm. define us in real life. Um, unfortunately, because there's a lack of transparency, but you know, the more technology that's been implemented into the, the, the culture, uh, the more I've seen families actually grow apart instead of grow together and also communities. And that's problematic as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those scenarios in which, you know, I, I, I don't like to sound pessimistic, but I'm I'm kind of on board with you when it comes to the 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 hopeful aspect as far as at least the public education system currently. Um, I don't see that changing drastically, and and I think you're right. I don't think enough parents are plugged in enough, uh, and you know it's unfortunate because I you know from one from on one end of the, that spectrum, I kind of I understand where parents were sending their kids to public schools because they felt they could trust the public school systems to you know essentially take care of their children and rear their children to some aspect. But I think what's happened is the school systems and 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 again, this is intentional in my opinion. Um, the school systems have stepped over that 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 line as to. This is what a teacher is supposed to do versus now I'm into the realm of parenting your child too. Uh, yes. And I, I think too many parents were complacent in that and uh, they just did not feel that there was a threat in order for them to actually wake up to what potentially was happening to their children. And a lot of them were not actively involved. And, and, and I can speak you know freely for myself. That was kind of a scenario for, for me growing up. I uh, had a father that worked full time. And he never was really involved actively in in curriculum. Now, we did go to private school for quite some time. It was a a Christian private school, but then we went to public school as well and uh, just wasn't very involved. And the mother, on the other hand, uh, she was much more involved and uh, she knew, you know, when when we needed extra attention on, you know, whatever it was. Um, But I think a lot of parents, what happened was, again, complacency or maybe they were working and they were tired. But you know, as a parent, obviously the first and foremost is we're supposed to be accountable for not only our, ourselves, but, but obviously our children too. And mm-hmm. I think, I think technology has really hindered that uh, aspect as parenting because, you know, we get tired. I, I understand at the end of the day, sometimes at the beginning of the day, depending on how we slept the night before, it's, it's a reprieve to give your child a tablet or a phone or put them in front of the television. Unfortunately, it's not, 
it's no longer safe to do that. You know, you, you can't stick your, your child in front of Disney anymore and, and feel that, you know, what they're seeing is wholesome. You can't stick them in front of Nickelodeon junior or even PBS kids. I mean, literally we're seeing this LGBTQIA plus movement constantly being just shoved down our throats and even children are being exposed to this to the point where you have three and four year olds that are watching transgender pride parades uh, on Blue's Clues. And so it's a trickle down effect, unfortunately. And I think what's happened is it's 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 started, uh, at least from what I saw back in the 80s on certain, you know, uh, mainstream uh, media shows. And then uh, obviously when social media came into to play, that started to be promulgated more. But also when we started implementing for the public school systems like DEI and ESG, you know, diversity and equity, inclusivity is is ruining this country when it comes to hiring individuals because what we're seeing is we're seeing teachers that are not qualified candidates so we're being you know and this is obviously not just in the public school system but this is going on everywhere in in corporations across the country but you're seeing candidates that are not qualified for their positions being put into a position of influence and unfortunately it's directly impacting the kids too in the schools yes agree it's it's what what would you say to that um i think that's also sort of ties back to why why are people getting participation trophies um just people being rewarded for the weirdest things these days like and it's not because they're qualified it's just because maybe you have a vagina or you have a penis okay so you get that job and that's ridiculous because if there's a man or a woman who's better at it than you why just because you have certain genitalia you get that job um or like you identify as a cat or whatever these days that will get you a job um but that i i agree with you on that because people are just given things to fill a spot based off of nothing really they're not qualified for it they're just given it and that that started when we started giving kids hey here you go you played baseball okay cool like yeah kids should feel like they did a good job but honestly why are they is everyone getting a trophy when that team was clearly better and they did better that's just where it like those kids are now adults and think they should be given something simply because they want it yeah it's Um, a handout mentality yes and that's, I mean, you can see it all the way from the top. Our entire, our entire government is led by people who are not qualified for the positions that they're in. And I mean, that is a precedence they're setting. So that trickles all the way down, like you said, and we're doing that to kids. And now we're giving people who have no real qualifications of being in a classroom teaching positions like sure maybe you have this expensive degree but you're sitting there putting your opinions instead of teaching a kid how to read like you you're messing with ideology instead of just giving academics and that's because you fit a bill that people want to see and that's crazy you don't you don't you're not qualified you're not a good fit you just happen to fill this space that they needed right yeah. And, and, you know, again, theoretically speaking, I, I do feel that this is intentional. Um, 
you know, I, I do think that this is something that potentially is is purposeful. And the 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 reason again, I think ties into, you know, if we if we do not have proper education for our youth, then they are not going to advance uh, in the ways that they potentially could. And if that's the case, then once again, we're going to see disparity and we're going to see a population of individuals that do not have the same types of success that we were given the opportunity to have, which therefore, again, uh, lessens that threshold for a middle class and a lower class uh, populace. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's concerning to me as, as well. And, you know, you look at all of these supposed experts and the individuals that are elected into office or, you know, and they're telling, you know, many, many of them are promulgating as to how we're supposed to live and what, you know, how the country is and how, you know, great it is and, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we're being lied to in many instances. I mean, just, just this week we had uh, our, our consumer price index, our CPI data came out. And we were told by uh, the feds that, that, you know, this was great. We're actually better than we were at. Yet they completely omitted uh, energy and food out of the CPI data index. So, you know, we see something being promulgated from mainstream media saying, oh, yeah, we're doing great. Everything's fine. But in reality, we're really not. Um, And this is happening, obviously, not just, you know, in in mainstream media. It's in schools and everything else. But I think... (sighs) It, it, it's it's almost disheartening because as a parent, you want your children to have a better life than you did. And I remember growing up being told all the time by my parents that, you know, we were living in a crazy world and things were so much different, you know, and, and, and I used to just kind of pass it off as like, okay, they're just, you know, being fuddy-duddy old people. Yeah. Uh, and, and now, you know, I'm I'm at that age and I'm like looking back on it and I'm like, you know what? It actually was a lot better uh, when I was growing up. We we were more wholesome. We were more connected as a community. We had better, uh, you know, extracurricular activities that we were able to do inside and outside of the home as well as schools. Uh, we had more trust in our institutions uh, and we had more transparency. And, you know, it's really difficult as a parent now to, to, to say that the outlook is optimistic in the next 10 to 20 years, um, unless we see some sort of major, uh, shift in the culture. And I do see that, that there is a slight shift that's occurring, uh, in younger individuals, but I don't think it's a big enough shift currently to, to redirect in the direction that we're going into. Unfortunately, I think that we're going to have to, to suffer a little bit more. Um, and that's unfortunate. You know, I, I always tell my friends that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're three meals away from a revolt. Um, and then I hear from other individuals that are like, well, we're, we're actually, you know, nine days away. And, and, and I get that, but, but, uh, you know, I think that what currently is happening in our culture is something that can change. It can be impacted, but I think more parents and more individuals, younger individuals need to get actively plugged in starting on local levels, grassroots, and really start pushing for, for change. But it's unfortunate that a lot of individuals that are, you know, elected into specific positions like delegates and state senators and things like that, um, 
have really great intentions going in. And then unfortunately they get lobbied and, uh, and, and sometimes those, those intentions and promises don't come to fruition. And, uh, it's, it's discouraging, I think, to many people as well. Like a lot of just the average, the average individual, the average Virginia resident, you know, they don't have a lot of faith in our institutions. They don't have a lot of faith in the integrity of our, our, our system as our government is as a whole. And, uh, and I think that's detrimentally, again, kind of tying into that disparity as far as eradicating the, the, the middle class, because, you know, if everyone just says, well, let's not vote anymore because it doesn't really matter. Or mm-hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to have kids because why would I want kids in this kind of environment? We're right. we're we're putting ourselves in a bad a bad spot by doing that. Um, and then you you also hear being promulgated quite a bit from in, in conservatives, unfortunately, where they're just like you know you're in a bad community, you're in a bad area, get out, leave, move, get out of there. And in reality, if we all do that, if we all f- flee from from these areas then those areas are never going to recover they're never going to bounce back and and that yeah. that directly impacts the schools too um so you know i think as as a parent and and obviously you as a parent as well i think our kids are obviously our our most valued assets and we want the best for them and we want to do everything that we possibly can uh in order for them to have a better life than we did if you were in a situation in which you you had to to choose if you were just in an area let's just say a disparaged area where you knew the school systems were terrible and you knew that things were radically getting worse locally would you would you put yourself or your children in that environment or would you would you kind of say okay enough's enough and and head out and move somewhere else um i think that that's a kind of a loaded question, I know. Yeah. Um, so I think that would kind of depend on some things, too, because, you know, being military, we're kind of stuck where we are in mm-hmm. certain regards in order to stay a family. Um, we did the geobatch thing, and that was extremely, extremely hard. Um, but we, I mean, we actually kind of did just that. So when California shut down in 2020, we opted to um, move ahead to our next duty station, me and the kids. And Chris would finish out his time so the kids could live normally in the South. Mm. And that was a hard lesson um, for us to learn and go through. Um, And we know that we never want to not be a a whole family unit again. Um, But at the same time, with the way that California is going, I'm, I'm not sad about the fact that we decided to do that, especially with them deciding to pull back on making child trafficking not a massive felony like it should be um and lowering like i just with things that are going on i don't know that i could i don't know that i could stay in some places right yeah i think it would really depend i think uh if it was a situation in which you know i i was plugged in enough to where we had a grassroots movement and I knew that we had people that were continually pushing to better the community and to grow the community uh, and we were not in direct uh, in present danger, I probably would would stay um, even though yeah. it'd be easier to move uh, but but family obviously first and you know if they're not in direct danger, uh, you know, currently where we are in, in Virginia, we are uh, close to the city 
And so, you know, in most metropolitan areas and cities, you have more of the chaos. Uh, we saw that specifically in Richmond, you know, in 2020 and, and during the riots and the George Floyd riots and the tearing down of monuments and the burning and destruction of buildings and businesses and police stations uh, all throughout the city. And so, you know, my my main concern was being close to the city. You know, is this going to directly uh endanger my family and uh and the answer at that time was was no because we weren't close enough um but if i was i i would i would uproot absolutely uproot um but i think this is one of the the, the big issues that a lot of people and and i don't include you in this i wouldn't include you in the statistic because you understand how it is to to uproot and you know how difficult it can be but a lot of people again because of living in comfort for so long are they, they just don't want to deal with any kind of discomfort. And, you know, conservatives typically myself included, I don't like to be bothered too much. And usually I can handle whatever comes at as long as I'm not backed into a corner. And I think a lot of conservative minded individuals were kind of living in a way where it's like, well, you know, this, this crazy stuff is happening outside of, you know, my home, but it's not directly impacting me currently. Um, but when it does, I'm going to turn tail and, and, and leave. And I think a lot of people got into that, that sense of that false sense of, of security where they felt that, you know, that was the only option they could do. And that's what they are doing. And unfortunately that's directly impacting communities because we're not building, we're not putting in the time to build the communities. Um, but again, you know, it, it's, it's a tough scenario. Again, if you're, you know, if you're a single individual and you don't have a family, uh, I would say it'd probably be a lot easier to stay in those areas and try to build out the communities and, and work locally. But if you've got a family and they're potentially, you know, going to be endangered some way to reform, then yeah, up, uproot and, and leave. Um, but you know, it seems that our, again, our, our culture as a whole, we are, losing emphasis on community. And again, that's directly impacting everything. Um, and I hate to tie into, again, I, I keep tying into or segueing into, you know, this disparity as far as having a, a middle class being er eradicated. But I really do think that a lot of this is, is occurring, you know, to get rid of the, the middle class. And you look at, you know, mortgage rates right now, I think are at all time high, 7.3%, if I remember correctly, versus, you know, back in 2018, they were half of that, less than half of that in some instances. And we're being told by our government that it, you know, we should, we should rent, it's better to rent. And, you know, all of these, these upper elite echelon individuals and corporations are buying up land and they're building homes for people to rent. But the problem is, is that due to the market rent, increase is typically 5% year over year versus yeah. an, an income, which is fixed at, you know, a 30 year mortgage and people are being duped. And I think that we're continually being duped and, and we're just not paying enough attention. What would you say to, to the, just the average individual who maybe is not plugged in like we are to, to potentially give them a, a, a push or wake them up, what would you say to, to just Joe Blow down the street who, who might not have a clue as to what's going on? Well, what, and what aspect are we talking about the education? Or are we talking about like yeah. our country? Okay. This, this is where I derail. Um, yeah. So, so, so I would say it, it just to get plugged into communities, like to, 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 
just maybe they're maybe they're a new parent or maybe they're newlyweds, younger newlyweds that are thinking about having children, and just for example, and they are on the fence about you know having children because of the way that our culture is and the way that the world is currently. Like, what would you say to encourage them to to want to have a family, to want to get plugged in? Um, I would really encourage them to uh, build their community because I've seen the village that they want you in and you don't want to be a part of that village. If you're forced into a village, you're, you're trapped. You're trapped in the public school system. You're trapped in the government system. Like You have to make your community. And that's why they want to destroy community and make you reliant upon the government because if you're isolated, if you don't have those people to turn to, then you're, of course, going to be more dependent upon the community that they, they hand you. And honestly, that's where, like, and I'm going to just out myself with this, but finding the community that is more holistically minded. I don't, I don't vaccinate my children anymore. Yeah. Yeah, we I, don't either. Um, that, that was something that I just one of those things I just thought I had to do it because that's just what you did. Right. Like that's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, if you don't build your own community and choose the people that you want to learn from and connect with, and um, you're just going to fall into, Oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to. Well, who said you're supposed to do that. And then when you get back to it, it's like, Oh, the government laid it out. Well, does the government have any, have the best interests in mind for you? Well, historically speaking, no. So that's why I would just say, like, I, we actually, we, we just became friends with this um, younger couple. Like we've really been developing um, our friendship with them and they come to us and ask us about, you know, parenting and just advice on things. And, you know, I, I remember being that younger parent and going to the more seasoned parents and being like, Hey, and then that's kind of what helped me to wake up and to see things is just these people being kind enough to pull me into their village. And it was a village of my choosing because it was people I could see and I could look up to and be like, I really like that family. I love that dynamic. They have a good marriage. They have a good relationship with their kids. And that's important is to look for the people that you admire and that you would want to learn from um, to really plug in with them because otherwise you're just gonna be like, you're gonna fall for whomever is the most convenient at that point. And that's not necessarily the, I mean, you know, we, that happened to us as kids, you know, like, Oh, who's the kid that would talk to you, you know? And that's like the kind of group that you ended up in instead of you seeking out like, I mean, you had to seek out the people you wanted to connect with. So why does that stop after we become adults? I, my kids make friends so fast and it's because they're willing to walk up to that kid that they like, that they want to play with, that they want to hang out with. And they make that friendship, but we don't do that anymore as adults. And why, why is that? You know? Um, yeah. We're, we're not intentional about it. Right. And I just think that I would encourage, I would just encourage, just step out of your comfort zone. You can't grow. You cannot grow if you stay in your comfort zone. There's just no way to do it. So put yourself out there and, you know, maybe uh, somebody's going to be like, no, thank you. I don't want to be your friend. Like, but honestly, like, are you really going to like, is your worth wrapped up in someone else's like, desire to be a friend well maybe maybe they're not a good fit for you and god is protecting you from that person but you know what nine times out of ten i've found that when i admire somebody for good qualities they end up being a really great friend to me yeah yeah i think i think 
you're hundred percent accurate there. And, and, you know, it's all about being intentional. And unfortunately, I think a lot of individuals have, again, just become complacent when it comes to that because uh, of many, many different variables, uh, technology as, as a whole and, and, and just comfort, just being too comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do. I do think that, you know, to build out a community, you definitely need to be intentional about it. You need to be accountable. We need to have accountability. And, you know, if if we're at a generation, if we're on an impasse currently, you know, where maybe it's it's not too late for us as a whole, but maybe we're at that point where it's like, okay, we're we're the old dog in the game now. And we need to teach our youth how to 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 do it right and to make sure that they don't make those same mistakes. Um, how would you, to, to just a young parent, how would you try to direct them in that direction as to like, hey, look, this isn't the way it needs to be. This is what can be. Where would you point them to? Like, are there any kinds of, of outlets that they can potentially get plugged into? Or, you know, obviously, Every community has has different different you know types of um, different types of of outlets and options. But you know, for like, let's just say again, a, a newlywed couple that just just moved into the neighborhood, you know, doesn't have to be obviously our state, but just like you just meet them and you're just like, well, you know, here's what I do, and here's how you can get plugged in. Like, is there a, is there a resource that they can utilize in order to find other like-minded individuals? I don't know that there's like necessarily like an official resource on something, um, outside of honestly, I think the one thing that would really just benefit in everyone is church and a good one. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that, I mean, those are, those aren't the easiest places for a lot of people, but um, I think I've reached that point in my life where that's probably where I would, you know, suggest that somebody start for some of it, um, a, a Bible believing Bible teaching church, especially this day and age in this crazy world that we're living in. If you want to find a, a good place to plug in and connect and learn. That would be a great one to start. Um, I know that there's some of us locally who are trying to get together and like start some in-person community and hangouts so that we can find individuals that are like-minded and like have these meetups regularly. Um, I, so that's why I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know how, like, if there's like an official thing. <laughs> but, no, I, I think that I think that's a great answer. Actually, that's probably the the best answer. That you know, I, I would say the exact same thing. Getting plugged into a church uh, locally is key. Um, unfortunately, many people are deterred from church and 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 because of yeah. a uh, negative stigma. You know, and you know, growing up, church was it was it was popular. But it was also unpopular, and now it's just become extremely unpopular because, unfortunately, many people view the church as being hypocrites, and uh, and a lot of them are. I, I will be the first to to admit to that. But uh, I definitely think that that is the best answer out there um, is to get plugged into a church, even if you are a non-believer. Uh, 
in most instances, if you get plugged into a church and that type of community, uh, more than likely you're going to meet someone that has somewhat of the same uh, values that you do and, uh, and, and hopefully point you in the right direction. But uh, hey, in closing, because my kids are making lots of noise downstairs, so I've, <laughs> I've been slightly distracted. I apologize for that. No, um, is there anything that you would like to say to just the individual listener out here? Uh, is there anything that you're potentially trying to promote or grow um, in your community currently? Um, and if so, you just say whatever you need to say in closing. Uh, honestly, I don't have anything that's like solid enough yet. Ross and I are still trying <laughs> to get, you know, um, something planned out for like, like we, what we were just talking about getting people together. But um, as far as just homeschooling or needing resources, I would just encourage people to reach out to either one of us, honestly, um, and just chat, even if, if they're on the fence, just talking to someone who's like in the trenches is so helpful. Um, I'm actually teaming up with a classical learner on Instagram and he's got wonderful curriculum that to help our kids to be self-sufficient and to be critically thinking. I'm using his, um, his uh, curriculums in with mine. Um, I can talk to people more about that too if they want to chat. Um, and really thank you for having this conversation with me and inviting me to come in and chat with you. I totally understand like kids being crazy. Mine actually just got back from a walk. <laughs> just had mine on a walk so we could have a little bit of some quiet around here too. Um, but it was a wonderful conversation and I am grateful for the opportunity. Hey, Gina, thank you so much. Again, everyone, this is Gina. Uh, her Instagram tag is underscore uh, deep dive life underscore. So check her out. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.